Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick and this afternoon we're lucky enough to have with us three of the people who've kept the club going over the last year or so. Two section secretaries and one model registrar. I'm joined in the virtual studio by Carol Corliss, pre-war and vintage car registrar, Mel Westwell, section secretary for the Goodwood section, and Kirsty Hodson, who's both the Thames Valley section secretary and the GT model registrar. Good afternoon, ladies. Afternoon. Good afternoon. We're going to talk about a, a few different things uh, over the course of the next half an hour or so. But I think it'd probably be useful just to to go around and, and do a, a couple of introductions. Carol, we, we spoke to you ooh, 25 episodes or so ago. But just for people who, who haven't listened to every episode, just give us a, a quick reminder of your role in the club and, and how you got involved in Alphas in the first place. Well... I bought my vintage Alpha in 1964, and it was the first uh, it was the first car I ever bought. It wasn't the first one that I drove, but it was the first I bought and restored it over a period of years and became thoroughly involved in Alpha matters. And I used to attend the um, AROC meetings on invitation. And at that time, John Dooley was frivolasting, asking me why I couldn't head up a vintage section. And I said, well, no, because I was very, very busy at that time and I said if I can't do a proper job I wouldn't do it and then uh, Ed McDonough also had a go at me (laughs) and I wasn't quite so busy at that point and I said okay but I'm not really an archivist I've got a very good memory and I remember cars from years back but I do uh, I like to bring people together and that was the whole idea of it to form a kind of nucleus of the old car owners which there wasn't until that point I can't remember what year it was it's quite a long time ago yeah I was gonna say if Ed was involved it must have been 20 25 years it, yes ago, it, it's, it's well over 20 years ago yes and um, you know over the years we've tried to hold the owners together it's not that easy these days because the sort of people that buy them now, they're not really club people. And I know you had that first car for, for a long time. One thing we didn't really talk about in, in the, the last episode was, did you, have you ever had any other Alphas other than the first one? No, well, I've had I've had three Alphas, apart from the blown 1750. I, I had a Sud Sprint in the 1980s, which is how I walked with a limp, a large, lorry okay. pulled, a large lorry pulled across the front of me. And then I had a 147, the little collection thing which I thoroughly enjoyed it was a great car on the road that was and when I came to sell that I thought well I was just mulling it over and one of my friends had the QV Julietta and only done 21,000 miles and uh, said would you like this so I said yes I, I rather think I would so I've had that since I've had this about three years now well that does mean we've got three of your four alphas in common oh right the, the, the obvious one that I haven't had being the blown 1750 but right well considering that in those days everyone thought I was crackers uh there wasn't really much involvement with women in the you know in the trade as you might say and when I bought it they, they all thought I'd gone loopy of course later on it became the thing to have a vintage car and everyone was saying oh how on earth did you get this well quite simply I paid 25 pounds for it and it was in the back of a garage and in their sort of back paddock and uh, you know uh, you, you couldn't sort of well you can't even buy a head gasket for one at that price now <laughs> no well, I, know, I know you spent a lot of money on it after after that but it it was a pretty good 25 pounds worth yes i think so i think it was a, a bit of a bargain <laughs> 
So Mel, what's your history with Alphas and with the club? Uh, well, I suppose the, the first Alpha was, well, before I got married, was the fact that Jeff had an Alpha stood, which we absolutely loved. It was a, it was typical Italian um, quirkiness. Uh, you put the wipers on and the lights would go out, you know, just <laughs> usual things for that, that era. But it was a, a superb car, thoroughly enjoyed it. And then we sort of moved on to other, other things, you know, lives take over. Over, don't they when you're you're busy sort of getting the right house that you want and you know the jobs and all the rest of it so um and then Jeff I think saw an advert for the for the club and went along and started looking for an alpha and the the club were brilliant around sort of you know we kept getting phone calls with people that had seen new ones advertised and were would we be interested and I suppose I've got into cars because my husband um, just just likes cars and loves fettling and uh, he, he's not quite as bad as John Griffiths I might add when it comes to polishing but uh, <laughs> but he certainly enjoys doing things like that and I suppose I've just got used to got involved with the cars from there really so so then obviously Jeff joined the club and we the first car we bought was um uh, GTV 916 from 2003 and then we were at Brooklands at the Auto Italia day and Jeff was looking for a, a, a 105 series and uh, we managed to find a cream one from 1976 which is just absolutely gorgeous so um so we've got that as well so we've unfortunately the sud has long since gone but uh yeah we've currently got the 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 two GTVs, and um, in the meantime, we had a new Veloci Julia as well on a lease, which has gone back now. But uh, that was good fun as well. So, so that's sort of the way it worked. And then we just ended up joining the committee when they needed some people. And uh, as time has gone on, sort of Jeff does all the all the communications for the club, and I do the section secretary. So that's just the way it sort of evolved, really. <laughs> So it was the usual thing if they asked for a volunteer and everybody else took a step backwards. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, that's the Goodwood section, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Which has a, an anniversary last year, this year? It was, yes, 25 years last right. year, last September. We've had a, a, a registrar and we've had a section secretary. And now we've got Kirsty, who's a, a glutton for punishment and is both a section secretary and a re model registrar. Kirsty, how did you get involved? Well... I've always been a petrol head, always. My dad was a mechanic and I spent a lot of time around cars generally. And then when I did my industrial placement at university, there was a man working at the same company and he had an Alpha 33, bright red one. And it was so gorgeous and exotic, just a wonderful car. And he was a member of the club, so I married him. <laughs> and <laughs> we, um, we spent a lot of time going to the, looking at the cars and going to car shows and things over the years and then last autumn I was asked to take over as the Thames Valley section secretary due to the the previous secretary had to retire due to ill health so I volunteered obviously it was a very odd time as well we were still just about able to have meetups in person and we've also been doing zoom meetings and a couple of months ago, I was asked to also be the GT registrar. Well, actually, I looked in the magazine and I noticed that the GT registrar position was vacant. Now, I own a GT, 
So um, I mentioned this to Guy. I said, Guy, why is the GT registrar position vacant? And he said, ah, well, he said, and now I am the GT registrar. So in terms of the alphas that I personally owned, we've always had alphas, but nevertheless, my first alpha was an alpha 146. And it was a lovely, lovely car. And I used to take it on track days because I like track days. And what I realised quite quickly was it had the 1.8 twin spark engine and that was too slow, far too slow to be on track. So I ended up replacing it with the GT that I have now, which is the 3.2 litre V6, which is not too slow on track. It's very, very quick indeed and handles beautifully. So I've had it for about over 10 years now and that is my daily car. I've retired. There's another half an alpha in the, in the family as well, isn't there? There's kind of, yes. We also have a Giulietta, which is the sensible family car, obviously. And we also have um, a Lancia Stratos replica which has the Alpha 3-litre block, the 12-valve version of the engine that's in my car, which is the 24-valve version. So you, you kind of touched on it there in terms of, of Zoom meetings. You've probably got the least experience of, of any of us of, of being involved in normal times because you had, what, two or three months before things started to, to lock down. How have you found being a section secretary during, during the pandemic? We've just had to find other ways. Basically, the instead of having the monthly pub meet, we now have monthly Zoom meetings, which we have, you know, a core of people who really love those. And they're people who didn't actually also come to the pub. It's a slightly different audience. There's, there's you know, there's an overlap, but we've reached an audience we didn't have before on a regular basis, which is wonderful. And I do think that we should probably continue the Zoom meetings in some way or another, um, even if it's not monthly. But, it's it, you know, we, we want to keep these people who love the Zoom meetings in the fold, so to speak. And I, I think, obviously, you've not got much to compare it with, but I think from what I've seen, it's it's probably a more intensive role in being involved with the Zoom meetings than it is when you have a pub meeting, because a pub meeting, you kind of go along and hang around with people and, and have a chat to a few people, whereas with the Zoom meetings, there's a kind of responsibility to keep the whole thing going. It's 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 more work, but it, it is very rewarding. Yes, you do have to kind of provide the entertainment. We've done a lot of Kahoot quizzes. We've done guest speakers. I've done little presentations and things like that. I have a, have a theme for each Zoom meeting, basically. Occasionally, we've just turned up and chatted like we did in fact we did um yesterday last night i did all the preparation for the press photo gallery conversation that, w- that we didn't have <laughs> exactly me too mel you've got a slightly different situation because you were more involved in the in the pre-pandemic side of how have you found the last year well to be fair i suppose a bit like everyone else i suppose we we sort of didn't do an awful lot to start with thinking that you know it'd probably not be as long as it as it was um and we we did have one sort of meet um, just a sort of flying meet um we said we, we'd turn up at a car park but it, it turned into there was quite a lot of people turned up I think they were desperate to get out so um so that was the only one we did because obviously then we were we were all advised you know don't don't do that so we didn't and we we just sort of kept in touch with people doing newsletters and what have you rather than going down the zoom meeting route but we have got back in you know we've got into that a bit more uh, recently actually so we did our AGM via Zoom um, and then John Griffiths does a talk the end of last month. You're very kindly coming this month. I can only, I can only apologise in advance. <laughs> and then we've got Nick doing a talk for us in 
uh, May. So, um, so by then we're sort of hoping that we might be able to sort of go back to the pub and tentatively try and sort of get get that back rolling again. And interestingly, we found that you know, the last couple of meetings that we've done, it's the same people that come to our Zoom meetings that came to the pub. Right. So whether we keep them going or not, I don't know yet. The jury's out. I think we'll probably, as a committee, have a chat about that closer to the to the time or you know later on to see how things go I think for, from our perspective as well it, it's you know fingers crossed as to whether the pub's going to reopen as well yeah and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute yeah that's it because our, our pub meetings are more around um you know whilst we 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 do have all the cars lined up outside and and a lot of the chaps and some of the women as well go out and have a look at all the cars. Um, it is very much a, a sociable event. So we're all, you know, we're in there, we have to try and get a meal um, and then we go around and talk to everybody and, and it's very much a social event. And we don't tend to have speakers or anything at those meetings. So it is more of just to get together and then the committee sort of plan additional uh, events on top of our monthly meetings. I, I do wonder whether some of the some of the things we've been forced to do with Zoom might actually carry on, even not in Zoom. So I, I think Thames Valley, like Goodwood, we we tend to have a social meet at the pub, whereas some of the other sections do have guest presenters, speakers, or whatever. And I wonder whether the the Zoom meetings will kind of encourage people to do more of that kind of thing, but in a room at a pub rather than than online when they haven't done that before. Uh, Carol, we'll talk about the register side of things recently, but I know you've um, you've attended a few of the the Zoom meetings from around the the country. Yes, I did one with the uh, Kent and uh, East East Sussex bunch last week, so we had a good chat about things. Um, mind you, they're quite a long way from me, so when they were saying you must join us on this and that and the other, and I thought, <laughs> well, yes, it's not exactly a half hour trip, but never mind. Yes, uh, I've, I've been doing all sorts, actually, because at the moment we're getting as much archive information together. We're, there's a, a bunch of us pooling this archive information, which is quite important to root out, you know, what's genuine and what isn't. And it, it's never really been done thoroughly before. So that's what we're working on right now. Also gone back into the journalism thing a bit. I'm working for a couple of magazines now, so uh, I had to brush up my skills. <laughs> But that's not, uh, I, I do do some things on alpha, but uh, I, I do them on other topics. As you probably know, I'm quite heavily into the BRMs and ERAs as well. Right. So um, that's, uh, the, the alpha's a bit diluted on those. So the the archive is, is what's kept you busy from a, an alpha and register perspective over the last 12 months, is it? Well, yes. And also uh, I do get calls from uh, people interested in finding out about a particular car. So I then delve in and tell them what I can on it. Um, uh, try not to get involved in uh, people's ideas of values and things like that. Um, you know, I, I don't really want to be advising them commercially. I can tell them what the car's all about, but I don't really want to become a kind of agent. Yeah. Yeah. So th that, that's it at the moment. So in terms of, of coming out of all of this, um, and we'll start with the, the historic and pre-war scene, is, is there anything that's 
currently survived the calendar? Is there anything that you Well, yes, we, we've got Vintage Silverstone a week on Saturday. I, I'm covering it for the um, journalism bit, but there's no spectators there. Uh, one of my friends wants to come along and uh, I could do with somebody alongside, but I don't know quite where we stand on that. I'm finding out right now. Yeah. Um, otherwise, there's, I mean, there's one up in the air now, which sounds a terrific event, but they can't really do any more than just a bit of groundwork because you can't really put a lot of money into it. And I, I've been in this situation myself. You you can do a certain amount without actually committing any funds to it, but then you're stuck. You've got to hang on. And I know we had um, we had plans to have a, a, a significant pre-war element to our NEC Classic Car Show That's right. band last year. Um, yeah. Is, is, is that... Well, they were hoping to do it this year instead. I don't know where we stand on that. I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy to wade in as soon as they get some sort of... Because I, I did the one for the centenary year, designed the stand and got the cars. But, uh, you know, I'm quite happy to do the same again. I, I quite like designing, uh, designing show stands. Yes. I mean, I guess the nice thing about Alpha now is that the history is long enough that there's there's always an anniversary of one sort or another. It's the, the, yeah. Al the Alpha Sud's 50th this year, but it, it, it is a shame yeah. to have lost both the, the Goodwood 25th and the, the 110th anniversary of, of the mark. I mean, I know Silverstone Classic was going to do a, a big Alpha element to it, which, which mm -hmm. doesn't make sense to carry over because who wants to have an 111th anniversary celebration? 111th. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really a milestone age, is it? But uh... no, not really. It, it loses its punch, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, it, the alphas are fun because they they've always got a, a very uh, what shall I say? The red and the green, etc., is always quite visually satisfying. They've got a pretty badge, so your work's half done. Yes. Well, we we have a feature in the magazine that's coming in a couple of weeks' time, uh, which is actually it's a behind the scenes feature on uh, classic and sports cars celebration of the the Alpha Suds 50th anniversary, um, and and they managed to find a green, a white, and a red Sud for their um, their feature. So that's that... well, well my, mine had some mine had another color on it, rust. <laughs> yes, mine, <laughs> my, mine was a sort of um, terracotta color. Um, and, yeah. and, and the beauty of it was that you couldn't see the rust for a long time. And then you just had to flat it down and cover it with red primer and you couldn't see it anymore. Anyway. <laughs> no, they, they, they rotted while you watch those things did. They're lovely yeah. to drive, but they, so they certainly were a rust bucket. So, Kirsty, in terms of the, well, I guess both the section and the, the register, what are your plans for for the rest of this year and and are you starting to think about next year given the uncertainties for this year yes well last year we were very lucky to have seven half a day we did just squeeze it in which was fabulous it was wonderful this year don't know yet but obviously as thames valley section we're very much looking forward to national half a day this day it's going to be a great day for us and I'm planning to do some section events, things like going to car museums, train museums, few trips out that we can go together in the cars this year. But staying reasonably local, just in case, because we don't know how the regulations are going to change again, obviously. As far as the GT register is concerned, obviously we're geographically completely distributed. We've got people in Scotland, on the south coast, everywhere, which makes that tricky in order to have a, a meetup in person. We do have an incredibly active 
uh, Facebook group for the register. And we, we spend a lot of time talking on there and sharing stories and things like that. So I'll probably use that as kind of a mechanism for trying to do some meetups through there, but it is trickier. I, I know one of the things that's been talked about, but I'm not aware of anybody having done it yet. It is actually you know, inspired by the fact that we've had to use Zoom for the section meetings is to start thinking about things like Zoom for the registers where you're not going to get everybody together very often anyway. National Alpha Day is probably the, the best chance you've ever got of getting a read group together. So perhaps things like Zoom are a good way of, of keeping a register together um, in a way you don't necessarily need to with a section. Definitely. Cause we can, we've got Zoom now, so we can just use that. And Mel, plans for... Well, well, we, we had some events organised for last year that, that obviously never happened. So we've got those on the back burner. They, they just really need a, a bit of a tweak for this year. So we'll probably pick those back up as and when we can. But yeah, again, looking forward to, to getting out at the, some of the, you know, the, the major club events. And, uh, you know, with the Spring Alpha Day being moved to autumn and... So that would be obviously a bit further afield now it's, you know, being up, not that it, it wasn't in Yorkshire before, but they will perhaps try and make more of a holiday of it and perhaps go up for, for longer than just a few days. So it's just sort of trying to, to work that in, I think. And, but yeah, it's just, just the idea of perhaps, you know, just meeting up with a few people other outside of normal meetings. Um, and we've also considered um, perhaps trying to sort a few things out during the week as well, rather than it. Or being at sort of weekends, which is what normally happens. But as our, you know, a lot of the membership are retired or or about to, so um, you know, it's sort of saying, well, we can now do do smaller meetings, perhaps you know, just a half a dozen or whatever um, during the week as well, which might might sort of get the um, the impetus back again into the club. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I, I know the the guidance from the club's been updated in the last couple of days on on the website, and I think the the, the current thinking is that we probably can't can't do anything that even resembles what we've done in the past till the June 21st deadline. Yeah. which is currently looking like everything coming off. And I, I, I guess in some ways for the, the pub meetings, that's not a bad date because June, July, August, September are probably the, the peak months for doing something in the in the car park or the field behind yeah. the, the pub anyway. So I yeah. guess if it was if it was going to come off at any point, that's not a bad time for it to happen. But we, we I think in Thames Valley, we found that the, um, the pubs don't, yet know what they're going to do the, the the normal pub that we use hasn't actually got plans yeah they're closed at the moment and, mm. and don't know they can't even tell us whether they'll be open when we're ready to go back it's a bit of a challenge yeah so away from the pandemic is there anything else you'd like to see the club doing i'd just like to say that i've got a lot out of the club i mean i haven't been that active when my family was younger but but i've done things like this um it used to be sprint championship and i did a few races a couple of races in my gt with that and that's kind of often overlooked i think as well um so the club does have a huge amount to offer it isn't necessarily the everyday stuff yeah and I, I think one of the things that i found looking through the archive every month which has been been a real pleasure and a privilege to to see what the club's done over the the 55 years or so is there's a lot of stuff that we used to do that we just don't do anymore so you'll find issues where two-thirds of an issue is is devoted to an auto test that happened in a car park somewhere and uh, uh, none of that stuff kind of happens anymore more so that and and, that awesome. and track days and those kind of things i think there's a few of us would like to see some of those come back maybe we should do that try and look at doing that this year and next some some tracks um time in yeah well anything you'd like to see us doing as a club that we're not doing at the moment 
No, I think it's, it's quite a, a varied sort of programme usually. Um, and I mean, being down here next, you know, close to Goodwood, there's there's quite a few different track days and what have you that are on down there, um, which we sort of pop over to. And, and it's nice because you can just wander in, stay for as long as you want and wander out again. It's, um, you know, it's quite nice. And if you're lucky enough that some of the, the club members are, are running cars round, like the display, the, um, yeah, the display laps at lunchtime, that sort of thing, you can bag a ride quite often often which is quite nice um and obviously we've gone off to sort of castle Coombe and different things that are going on so it, it, it is it's quite varied and i don't think there's there's no pressure you go to what you what you can fit in you're, you're not tied in quite the same way as you can be with some other other sort of clubs and um events so it, it, it's quite nice really to just sort of be able to go off and do things so I think I think also we found that you know from a it's a it's a social perspective as well and you know you meet up with people that you know you're all like-minded because you all love the cars anyway um but it does it it produces some great friendships that we've made that we've kept and and people that have perhaps given up their alphas for whatever reason and moved away and, and what have you and we've still kept in touch with them and I think it's that you it's that sociability and the the, the the social side of it that I think is just really good yeah. you know and and you make some really good friends and they're always there as well you know we have a problem with the car we we know that there's half a dozen people within the club that you can make go we've got a problem with this what do you think um and and you can have the answer fairly swiftly or a volunteer to come and help you or you can nip to them and they'll help you know they'll they'll fix it for you so yeah. you know it, it's great having that that sort of you know set of people around you it's really good occasionally you get four answers that can't all be right but <laughs> oh, you need to be careful about who you ask <laughs> no I, I think there's a great camaraderie in the club and uh, it particularly reminds me when we did the centenary down in milan with that was one of the last big events i did with my alpha and um on the way back we'd, we'd uh, left the car parked in the underground car park in this hotel and there were some young, young lads that were falling around. Well, we didn't realise until we got about an hour up the road, they put dirt in my filler cap. And we were in, 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 in a tunnel, the one that goes up out of Como uh, towards the uh, Swiss border. And it stopped in the middle of this tunnel. And you, if you've ever been in a tunnel with single track, um, you know, just a single track road with lorries coming up behind you, it was terrifying. Well, it'd be bad enough in a modern car but yeah i mean the lights on those things aren't that good anyway i felt very vulnerable and i just said resist the temptation count to 10 because i was sure it was petrol and i thought if i give it a moment or two enough will filter through and it did and it got us out of the tunnel but when we got to the other end we staggered onto the hard shoulder and there were about 10 alphas stopped a lot of the dutch brigade all, all the dutch were down there in force but they all mm. practically every car coming along stopped we had to keep waving them on because it was an embarrassment, really. There were about, <laughs> about 12 alphas stopped <laughs> at the side of the hard shoulder. It's interesting a couple of you said about um, track activities and, and, and moving activities. I, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this because I'm not sure whether it's been announced yet. Um, and I don't know enough of the details to cause any major damage. But You're teasing us. I am. Um, there's going to be a, a, a moving driving element to National Alpha Day this this year for the for the first time in a long time, which is is being done in in conjunction with Alfa Romeo. So I'm not I, I I don't think it's going to be driving our own cars. 
Oh, God. But, but I think there are going to be cars there that we're going to be able to, to go about in. Yeah. As well as two lots of um, of sim racing. So the, the owner's club sim racers are going to have eight simulators there for people to have a try. And I think Pirelli are going to have some yeah. Formula One simulators there as well. So uh, should, should be, should oh, be good. something for everybody good. there. Count me in. Club trips. I've never been on a club trip, but I would love to do so. Hoping to take my GT on the NC500 if I can in the next year or two. But it'd be lovely to go with the club somewhere. Yeah, and I, I know the yeah. the island trip is is hugely well thought of. I, I, I'd love to do that. Uh, I would have loved to have done one of Ken Carrington's Andy Amo Amelano trips. but Oh, he did some superb trips. Uh, the, the challenge I have is my wife's a yeah. teacher. So I think the island trip is usually sort of close to the October half term, but doesn't quite line up. So uh, kind of rules them out for me. But I, I've, I've never heard a bad word about any of the, the trips that Nick organises. Nick Clancy rather than Nick Wright. He just Nick Wright just organises everything else. So yeah, any any, any places? I mean, we t- we typically go to Spectacolo Sportiva at um, Sandfort and Ireland, and and often a a trip to Italy of some sort. Any any kind of trip you'd particularly like to do, Kirsty? Uh, apart from the NC five hundred, I'd like to do probably North Wales. Some lovely roads up there too. Snowdonia. So so a more local, mm. yeah, as opposed to a. A long haul yeah. trip. Yeah. I mean, there are still, you know, we all moan about the amount of traffic that is around, but there are still some fantastic driving roads that you can, can still have a lot of fun on the Peak District, North oh. Wales, Scotland. Yorkshire. Yes. Now, the one I'd like to do is the there's someone organising a, a a six pass right rally around all around all the big around all the big passes in the alps and uh, i mean i did go up the susten pass in the alpha on the way back from italy which was incredible it was a great there's quite one of the high ones that is and I, uh, nephew said do you think she'll make it up there i said well <laughs> we can always roll it down if not <laughs> But no, it made it up with flying colours. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. But yeah, I, I do like doing mountain driving. Well, another another three or four SUV launches, and we should be able to do a, a three or four pass tour on passes that Alphas have been named after. Stelvio. And Tonale is the next yeah. one. And I think uh-huh. Brenner... Granaro is the the third one. That that would yeah. even those three wouldn't be a bad bad combination, <laughs> would it? The Isle of Man would be another good place for a, a club tour. Yes, it would. It'd be an excellent place, that would. Fantastic yep. roads, fantastic scenery. Yeah. Lovely, lovely people. It's got everything. Yeah, I, w- I would suggest that. I think that'd be a marvellous place. You, t- you do have to find the, the weather window. Uh, well, yes, it's a bit like the Lake District. <laughs> yeah. And Wales. And, 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 North, yeah. and North Wales. And Scotland yeah. and Ireland. <laughs> yep, yep. Well... <laughs> Well, come come to East Anglia. I mean, we, we don't have much rain at all over here. Yeah. I think that's about all we have time for this week. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you all this afternoon. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you nice to meet you, ladies. Yes, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. We'll be back in two weeks' time on the 25th of April as we get ever closer to our first anniversary. As usual, you'll be able to download episode 30 from 1.30pm from iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube and anywhere else good podcasts are found. Until then, stay safe.